Hello, nutcases. Welcome back to another episode of the Outlast Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Andrew. Ugh, I hate that name. I really do. That's why when I talk to my cousin, I just call him Drew. Sounds so much better. So Andrew is a scientist that works for Murkoff Corporation. He is a creep. And he looks like he needs some sleep because his skin around his eyes look baggy and black and he looks awful. So his status is unknown. We don't know if he's dead. We don't know if he got out. We don't know if he was able to get away. We don't know because after the situation with Waylon and he leaves the room, we pretty much don't see him anymore. And we don't see him on the ground or anything throughout the asylum. So who knows? You know, his apitrits are, he's a male, that's his gender, his eyes are blue. You can't really tell what his hair color is because he is in a Tyvek suit that is covering it, but if you ask me, I want to say it's brown. More than likely it's brown. His appearances in the Outlast Whistleblower Underground Lab is where he was at. Oh, I didn't know that was the Underground Lab where they had uh, Waylon at. Well... Because that's where they had Billy Hope and all them at. Makes sense. Okay. But he's voiced by a guy named Mike Patterson. Peterson? But it's played Patter. Patter I don't know. It's like Peterson, but with an A instead of an E. So, open those eyes. You don't have to wake up, but open your eyes. You know, I, I don't understand that. That makes no sense. Like, what are you talking about, dude? He, he's a flipping creep. Andrew is one of the scientists who worked for the Murkoff Corporation and is a minor antagonist in Outlast Whistleblower. He appears at the very beginning of the game when you get strapped up. Not the very beginning because you're on your computer at the very beginning and you go to the lab and you do all that stuff. After Wayland Part was captured, that's when you see Andrew is after he got captured. After Wayland Park was captured, he was taken to the morphogenic engine testing facility where Andrew and another scientist strapped the barely conscious Wayland into a chair. Yeah, I don't know who the other scientist is because they had their face covered, so they pretty much didn't play a big part in that at all. And we don't know the status of that individual either. He hits and sadistically mocks Wayland before having him exposed to the morphogenic therapy. Andrew soon leaves in a hurry after he was informed by one of his co-workers that Billy Hope was achieving the lateral ascension with the project. Andrew is not seen ever since, and his fate remains unknown. Yeah, the fact is that he licked him is really disgusting, if you want me to be honest. He was just like... I was like, fuck that, dude. You're a fucking gross guy. And he was not even a good-looking dude. Ugh, God. His personality, like most of Murkoff's employees, Andrew shows very little, if not any, empathy towards Waylon at all. If it is implied that he may have been a sexual sadist who abuses the patients, I could see that, as he first hits and then licks Park while prepping him for the morphogenic engine therapy. Unused dialogue reveals Andrew's cowardly side as he is heard pleading for mercy to Waylon. I wonder where that's at. I don't remember that part at all. His physical description, Andrew appears as a middle-aged man with fairly toned skin and blue eyes. Like other scientists, he wears a blue hazmat suit to protect himself from the morphogenic engine's effect, as well as black Chelsea boots and matching chemical gloves.
So his character model is kind of dumb looking, if you want me to be honest. Actually, it's really good for a doctor, but scientist, whatever. And he's a freaking creep. The trivia, pretty much, Andrew and Steve share the same character model, and the model was dubbed as Scientist Liquor in the game's files. Originally, there was a sequence in which Waylon meets Andrew again. Unused dialogue suggests that he would have been restrained and the player would have to have the choice to either untie or leave him to be murdered by a group of patients. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. I don't really know anything about that. So yeah, he had a very short part and it just didn't make any sense for him to have a bigger part but I would like to know what would have happened to him like literally so instead of just doing Andrew because I'm not trying to make this episode like five minutes long I'm going to go do Steve as well since they're pretty much the same character model but you could kind of tell Steve's a little bit different his career is a scientist he is affiliated with Murkoff Corporation his status is also unknown because once you leave the area you pretty much never see him again he is a male with blue eyes and you also see him in the underground lab as well so that's what threw people off because obviously it's the same character model and he's also in the underground lab as well but he is voiced by simon peacock which is completely different from andrew's voice so he says, and I quote, No, I don't need another performance evaluation. Mr. Park here is going to have us up and running before we even know it. Right, Mr. Park? Yeah, it has like uh, him talking, but it says error right now because I'm looking at it on my phone instead of the computer, so I can't play it. You know, Steve is questioning Waylon about having the computer system running, which he does get it. Steve is a scientist working for the Murkoff Science Division. He is seen in the beginning of the Outlast Whistleblower in the Underground Lab. You see him before you even see Andrew, so yes. His background. Nothing is known about Steve. He's just a scientist who works for Murkoff's Corporation. He, along with other scientists, work in the Morphogenic Engine Room. So he is pretty much a bad dude. He really has no feelings for the patients as well. He's just there to do a job. He just looks over the room to make sure that everything is going as smooth as possible. I figure, you know, along with the cop that's standing there to make sure everybody is cool, calm, and collective and nobody's getting rowdy. Steve is seen in the beginning of the game at the front turmoil, terminal, <laughs> turmoil, <laughs> terminal. Impatiently waiting, Wayland Park's arrival to the morphogenic engine room. When Wayland arrives, Steve asks him to establish visual connection with one of the glass spears. By doing so, the science division brings in one of their test subjects, who managed to escape the guard's grip and run towards the reinforced glass. And have you seen that man's freaking forearms? They're freaking huge, and he's like built, and he's like 46 years old. He's built like a fucking shit brick house. <laughs> like, the dude is crazy. So, frightened, Waylon and Waylon gets up and he's begging him for help. After Eddie was forced into the pod, Steve managed to calm Waylon down and tell him to proceed with his work. Obviously, because the cop's like, is there a problem here, Mr. Park? And, and, you know, or is there a problem here? And the guy's like, no, Mr. Park was just a little bit frightened. You can get back to your work or some shit like that. I can't remember what he tells him. Waylon establishes connection and is asked by Steve to vacate the premises, saying that he should expect nothing but honesty in his performance review. 
So, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but he's not a creep like Andrew is. Steve is not seen ever since, and his fate remains unknown. So his personality, unlike his colleagues, Steve has a friendlier approach, addressing Waylon as friend and telling him that he should expect nothing but honesty in his performance review. I thought that was like him being sarcastic. I don't see that really being friendly, especially the way everybody's acting. I don't know. So, though he complains Waylon's skills with a slight tone of mock. Complimenting Waylon's skills with a slight tone of mock, yes. Despite this, like most of the scientists, he's just still impatient. Yeah. He probably was impatient because they were probably waiting to take Eddie in there. And Eddie was probably acting like a fucking fool. And, you know, they're like, come on, part, let's get this done. You know, why Waylon's in there just messing with his daggone laptop trying to expose the company. So his physical description is Steve appears as a middle-aged man with fairly toned skin and blue eyes. As he works at the morphogenic engine, he wears a blue hazmat suit to protect himself from the machine's effects. I didn't know that was the point of it. As well as the black Chelsea boots and matching chemical gloves. Trivia. Steve and Andrew share the same character model, the model dubbed as a scientist licker in the game's files. Blah. And that's pretty much the end of Steve. If you guys want my personal opinion on Steve, I think that he really was like, I don't know, kind of like a boring character, if you want me to. I mean, he was important, obviously, compared to the other Doctors, but if I look at him, he looks slightly different from Andrew. Even though they have the same character model, he just seems like his face is a little bit different. Yes, he has the black around his eyes where it looks like he hasn't slept in days, but it just seems like the way his face is a little bit further apart. It is what makes it different, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm looking at his model, and I look at Andrew. Andrew seems like his face is a little bit closer and a little bit creepier looking in the eyes. So that's why I thought, you know, maybe they're the same. Maybe they're not. I don't know. You know, it's just weird. It is really weird. I just, I don't know. I like Steve a little bit better than Andrew because he's not a creep that's fucking trying to lick me and shit. Like, hello there, delicious boy. But he plays a good role. Obviously, there's some other doctors in there that you don't really get to speak to. You have like two guards, I think. One by the door and then one by the other door that speaks to you when you get freaked out. But you can also see um, Eddie and his face getting all boiled up and... Steve asks you to vacate the premises, I guess, because he's not in a hazmat suit. So him probably being there would affect him, which it didn't even matter anyways because they literally put Waylon in the morphogenic engine anyways. Do I know if it did any effects on him? That's something I want to know. Like, did it fuck Waylon up at all? Like, I know that he was put in the engine, but did it actually disform him? Did his skin burn? Did his hair fall out? Was he bald all the way? Was he looking like some of the other patients? Fucked up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or was he looking like the normal Whalen Park that he is? You know? That's something I'm trying to figure out. Because there's a few variants that don't look like they got put in the morphogenic engine at all. And that's obviously Chris Walker because he's too fucking big to try to control in the first place. You know, you can lift up any of the patients or the staff members and rip their fucking heads off. You know, next up, obviously, um, what's his name? 
Traeger don't look like he got affected by it too, too much. Actually, yeah, he got fucked up. And you can tell by his body. Yeah, I take that back. The twins and Father Martin, those are the ones that don't look like they got fucked up by it at all. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Miles didn't go through the morphogenic engine, so he looked perfectly normal and looking in regular clothes. They're probably confused on what he was. My father Martin thought he was just an apostle because the way he was dressed all nice. Because, you know, most of the people that work there either in security officer clothing, a suit like Jeremy Blair, or in blue hazmat suits, you know? So... I don't know, Miles definitely stuck out like a sore thumb, but I want to know if Waylon looked any different because he was running through the sewers that one time, and the guards were like, oh, it's a variant, get stay away from me, and they, like, shut the door, and then they took running down the hallway, and I was like, bro, what the fuck? That's weird. That is really fucking weird. So, yeah, these guys, I really would like to know exactly what happened to them. But I don't think any of us will actually know what truly happened to them. But there's nothing really else to say. I know this is another short episode because there is some characters. But I didn't want the episode to be five minutes. So I dragged it out a little bit more with Steve's story. But obviously there's not much to his story either because they're not really important. So yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And next week I think we're going to be talking about, I don't know. I'll have to go through all the DLC characters first. I'm trying to save the best for last, you know. Obviously, you know who the best is in the DLC, so I'm going to save him for last. And I've already did the Wall Rider, and I've already did Chris Walker, and I know they play a part in a DLC, but I kind of want to do, you know, some other ones that haven't been done yet, which we know the list of people that haven't been done yet is... Billy Hope, which he doesn't look all that fucked up from it either. Like, I was seeing him in the Morphogen Engine, he don't look fucked up, like, at all. Dennis, Billy Hope, um, Eddie Gluskin, Jeremy Blair, and I think that's pretty much it. There is another variant that was in the DLC that you see in the shelf before you run into Dennis, and, yeah, mm. I don't know if he has a particular story or not, but yeah, I think what's left is obviously those three. I think I might do Jeremy Blair next week, and then after that I'll do Dennis and then Eddie Gluskin. Unless if I find another character before them, then I'll do those three last. But y'all have a wonderful day, and I will catch you in the next episode, you fucking lunatics. I'm out.